welcome back to the show. I'm Meredith Root. Alex Parker. And I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I intro this episode in a very mature way. It's episode 69. It's the 69th episode of the show. And you know, like so we're going to be talking about sex. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not that's not the All about some positioning and different flavors <laughs> no no i'm getting the eyes here yeah she's signaling for me to stop talking so i will you picked up on that and i'm far from an expert on that i mean i wouldn't say i'm not good <laughs> okay I'll stop do I need to pause this? No, I'm okay. good. Can you get a hold of yourself? <laughs> 10 out of 10, immature. Yeah. I'll say it myself before anybody can say it to themselves listening in the car. But here we are. Um, yeah, so this is a an off-the-cuff sort of... We were sitting in our kitchen, which has sometimes becomes our office. I think any, like... Any anybody who works from home probably understands that we have an office and it's a nice office, but then sometimes also the living room is the office and then the like the kitchen island becomes the office because like standing desk and then the, like you get tired of standing. So then the dining room table becomes the office and then you have to plug your computer in. So you actually go to the actual standing desk that we have. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't like it as much in here. So anyways, we were sitting in the kitchen office. And we were discussing this whole concept of goal setting and timelines. And if you didn't, we, we put up a, a post up today on Instagram, kind of soliciting some discussion on the idea of how timelines fit into goal setting, if they do, and had some interesting insight back and forth. I mean, we have obviously our philosophy on goal setting, which is overarching and I think makes obviously makes its way onto our social media, but also into our communication with the people who we work with. But we realize like not everyone conceptualizes goal setting and time and timelines, specifically the, the risk of timelines like we do and realized maybe this is worth discussing at least to add in some, some context and nuance, which is my favorite word to the conversation. So the the po do you want to read the post? Yeah, I have it up. Okay. So it was a tweet and it says, we fundament fundamentally disagree with setting hard timelines for goals. We think that more often than not, timelines set people up for disappointment. An exception is university degrees. What do you think the difference is? Um, and this kind of was, we were trying to figure out what to post today. And um, I actually had a conversation with a client yesterday who told, she, she sent me f four different goals she had. She's new to CrossFit, like brand new to CrossFit, relatively fit just from like other things, but not like an, a, a lifter by any means. And she sent some pretty lofty goals. And so somebody who barely can do a, a pull up on her own, like she does them with the band still. And in, in two months, she has the goal of, doing 10 pull-ups and then there were some strength goals too like squat 200 pounds um a couple of other things 
And then there was talk about like wanting to get a muscle up. And like, it's hard for me as a coach and somebody who can do all these things and knows how hard they are to do to say like, those aren't realistic. Like it's difficult. And then while I think it's amazing to set performance-based goals, I, I struggle with timelines. And so when we were trying to figure out a post, I brought this up to Meredith and said, well, what if we did a post on like goal setting and timelines? And we thought well, it would be fun to kind of set it up in like a, dis- a way where people can get on there and kind of share their opinions on it. Because it is, there, there are a lot of nuance and there are like, it's very person dependent and goal dependent and that sort of thing. But I think our, our opinion, we came to the conclusion that we don't agree with timelines in almost all cases. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out that the vast majority of the people who we work with or who, who join us as as clients and I would al- I would also say that like a lot of our following are people who are more beginner who are not necessarily super elite level athletes or um, human beings maybe they just they sort of struggle to implement things in their lives um, and we also work with you know a handful of elite athletes and um, there's some, some fundamental, and I'm not saying like, I, I hate this, this narrative, like, well, to be successful, you have to be an elite athlete and that's what success looks like. Cause it's not. Um, but I think to, when you look at successful people in general, whether they are athletes or business people or students, there are kind of some fundamental differences in the way that those people behave, the way that they go through life. When you, when you compare them to, um, people who, who struggle a bit more to stick to commitments and, you know, maybe are just baseline a little bit more distracted and who you just have not figured out what the right system is for them to see these commitments that they do. I think fun, they do want to commit to, they just haven't figured out how to do it. And I think that timelines with goals pose a real problem sometimes I like for some people I think goals by themselves pose a problem because I don't I think that that people have that's an unpopular opinion right there I would argue I (laughs) I'm sure people are like what no well again and I think that this is there's a this is part of a larger conversation but I think that that we're about to have okay with each other no no I, I mean just like to start with the, the goal setting thing, there's, this could be an entire episode by itself, but I, like to summarize this concept, um, people are capable of setting really lofty goals. Um, sometimes there is, those are athletic goals. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're professional goals, school goals, but it's actually possible and common for people to use very complicated lofty goals because they like they know they won't meet them they know they won't like it's unlikely that they will be able to achieve it so by overcomplicating what they're trying to do they kind of give themselves and they give themselves an out rather than committing to like let's just let's use an athletic example um take a relative like a relatively beginner athlete and that athlete, that person, because of what they've seen on media channels and because like they have um, 
a disbelief that they can achieve things. Maybe they, they say, I'm going to do an Ironman. And everyone looks at that and they're like, well, that's a, that's an amazing goal to commit to. That's incredible. And they, that's the feedback that they get. And it feels good to set a goal like that. But deep down, there's like a, a, a knowledge that they're not going to be able to do it. They've never done, they've never even run a 5k. They don't even have a bicycle. Maybe they have like a Peloton. And so instead of committing to, I'm going to exercise three days a week, which is actually like, that would be a hard goal because it actually is, it's an action goal. It's a process goal. It means you have to go get on a bike or you have to go walk into a gym three days out of the week. Instead of setting a goal like that, they set the goal to, I'm going to do an Ironman. They have no idea what it takes to do an Ironman. So then they get, you know, then you, you kind of push it off, push it off, push it, push it off, push it off. Don't get started. And then it becomes, well, an Ironman's too hard. They don't do it. Or it's like, I didn't, I, I don't have the money to buy a bike. Yeah. It's like, there's so many factors. There's so many outs. Registration was sold out. Yeah. And that's one example. I think there are other examples where people just tend to overcomplicate things as a way out versus committing to something that's very simple and very actionable. But that's a, that's a topic for another time. So let's get back onto the timeline sort of discussion. Okay. So my response to this question, and I think the, the point about the university degree taking on for most people, four years, you, most people go into university. Most people who are 18 years old, they go into university expecting it to take four years. Yes. I understand some people do it in five for various reasons, but we're talking about the majority of people here. It takes four years. Most people can easily achieve this in four years. So I think, well, what, what is the difference between that and somebody setting a timeline for weight loss or for fitness um, or for their career? And I think they're the, like I, I sent, simplified it down into three aspects of the goal and there's one the goal and this can be um getting your high school education or sorry your university degree getting losing 10 pounds running a marathon um those are yeah so those are three so that's a school goal a fitness goal and a weight loss goal so then there's the result And the result is like, well, how fast are you going to run the marathon in? How many pounds are you going to lose? And like, what are your grades? How well do you do within that goal? And then you have the timeline. So for university, it's four years. For weight loss, it could be, let's just say eight weeks. And for the fitness goal, let's just say it's, you're going to do a marathon in four months. If you want to set a timeline the result needs to be fluid, which means if you want to set a timeline to complete a degree in four years, you have to be okay with the fact that you might not get all A's. You could do a degree in eight years and you could have better results. You could come out with a higher GPA. Because you're taking fewer hours per semester. And you can put more time into it. But the way that it works in it's structured for four years. So you have to understand within that time frame, there are a ton of variables. How much you study, how interested you are in the classes, how 
if you have kids at home, if you are a partier, if you drink and are hungover some days, if you have a part-time job to pay for school, all of these things, if you can afford books, if you know how to operate a computer really well, like all of these things are factors. If you want a really hard result, so again, let's say all A's, then the timeline might have to be expanded. So let's say for the example of losing 10 pounds, that is a hard result. The goal is weight loss, the result is 10 pounds. The timeline needs to be fluid because again, you're dealing with a variety of factors. Physiology is number one. What is the calorie deficit you're on? What is your history with dieting? What is your mindset looking like? Um, how compliant are you on the diet? All of these things. Um, and then everyone's life circumstances are different. So I, I don't, I think that if you set a goal and then within that goal, you have a hard timeline and a hard result, the chances of failure, or yeah, the chances of failure, the likelihood that you are going to fail to meet those goals is high. Yeah. I completely agree. And that was the whole point of this post is that when people, it is so common in goal setting, when people set out to do something that um, usually is new to them to say, I'm going to do X by Y. I'm going to do this by this time. And it's a, a flawed way to go about it because there is, there's so much that's outside of your control. It doesn't matter what, what arena you're striving in. You don't control everybody. And I think like this, it doesn't like while we we're sitting here saying it happens at mostly the novice and like sort of beginner level, I've seen athletes do it. I mean, we, we had a friend who, who was a game, a games level CrossFit competitor and her goal one year, she she said this out loud to at both the games, of us, right before the game started at the games. It was 2018. Oh, I just want to beat this person. Like that was her goal. I was like, oh my God, like you're going to hang your, your hat. You're going to like your success. Not like it, it doesn't ride on how well you do in your events. It, it rides on how well you do. And also how well this other person does. Yeah. I think I also heard somebody say another CrossFit games athlete say, well, last year I got top 20. So this year I'm going to try to get top 15. I want to, my goal is to get top 15. And the reason why I stumbled over my words there is wanting something or I would like to is different than setting a hard timeline. Yeah. I would like one day to run a sub three hour marathon. That would be really cool. That is not the same as me being like, I want to run a three hour marathon in LA. Yeah. Like that is very different. Yeah. And also <laughs> I, I think that we can also differentiate between a beginner and more of an elite an elite can be an elite athlete or an elite business person where you have a lot of prior results to base goals off of. Yeah, there's a huge body of data. You're like, you understand yourself. The people who are helping you, whether they're coaches or mentors, they also understand you. And so it's very possible to set well informed goals and say, I think that you can do this or I can do this by this time. And yeah. that's, that's part of being, um, elite, especially in athletics, but probably in other areas too. It re kind of requires that it requires that you, you overreach a little bit, but, um, the difference. And I mean, I've seen plenty of athletes who struggle mentally with loss, but I think, you know, athletes who are well-rounded 
and experience, they can fall short of those goals and, and carry on because they understand like if something comes up that's out of their control, they kind of understand how that fits into the framework of goal striving. But again, that is built on years of experience, tons and tons and tons of data and having people around you who can provide their perspective and guidance. Yeah. There is a difference between somebody going into a marathon who's run 50 marathons and saying, I want to break 215. And maybe in marathons leading up, they've run 217, 218, 216, 21630. And it's like for them to achieve a 215, a sub 215 marathon, and I'm talking like the elite of the elite here, they have to hit a pace and they have to start out at that pace and hold that pace. And a lot of these elite marathoners, they DNF. They are, they, they do, they're riding the line of failure every time they step out there. It's the same thing with uh, lifting. You have a CrossFit Games athlete whose PR is 185 snatch. So maybe they go into the CrossFit Games saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have three attempts at a snatch. I'm going to start at 175, then I'm going to do 185, and then I'm going to try for 190. They are potentially, they are, they could fail. There is a high chance of success, but there's also a high chance of failure. Yeah. Those are not the people we are talking about here. We are talking about a goal that somebody sets who walks into a CrossFit gym, has been there for a month, who can back squat a hundred pounds and looks at her, you know, the coach snatching 150. And she's like, I want to be able to do that next year. What? And if I can't do it next year, then I'm going to be really pissed off. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's, it's understanding or not like not understanding the difference between like innate ability, the ability to do something and the capability to do it like yeah. on a timeline or on, even on a given day. Like my next point is, and there were a couple of people who brought this up in the comments section who say, well, if you have a coach who can help you set realistic goals, which is what I just spoke about with the elite athlete, they're setting very realistic goals based on history if you have a coach that can help you set those realistic goals, help you set a realistic timeline for those goals, and then temper your disappointment if you don't reach that goal within that timeline. And their argument was because the timeline helps motivate them. I fundamentally disagree with that, as we said in the post. Mm-hmm. Why why not remove the, the chance of failure? Why do you... Like, why even say, like, I'll temper their failure? Why not just not set them up for failure? I believe a good coach is not someone who can help set realistic goals and expectations, but also the the coach that can remove the likelihood that the person will fail and quit and instead help keep them on track with the process it takes to achieve their goal however long it takes to not quit. That is what the coach's job is, not to potentially set them up for failure, knowing that you can talk them off the ledge when they're about to fail. Yeah. Cause what if you're not there to do it or you're not in the mood to talk someone off the ledge? Like, or they not- don't tell you and they just ghost you. Yeah. Which perfectly. is not why my clients ghost me. I don't think. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think if anything, if you want to use a timeline to motivate behavior, what, like you should say, like just use it to get it started. Like use a timeline to say, I'm going to do this by this time. Like I'm going to start this process on Monday. I don't care how shitty the weekend was. I'm not putting this off for one more day. Yeah. There's a timeline I can get down with. 
That makes sense. Or like a 24 hour timeline in 24 hours. I'm going to work out and eat three meals. Yeah. That's a, that's a timeline. That's a daily goal. Yeah. And I think we, we live with timelines every single day or time. I guess I prefer the word time frame, like, because we operate on a 24 hour clock. Mm -hmm. So that creates opportunity for, for checkpoints and for small daily goals every single day. But to have an overarching timeline of I want to like, I want to do this by this and then having to be the, the coach to walk that person down when they don't make it just because they don't have the experience of like of time of multiple achievements. It just it isn't it isn't the right tool for a beginner. And that's again, there are people who it is potentially the right tool for, but it's situation dependent and person dependent. And for the most part the vast majority of people do a lot better when they remove timelines. Like I'm, I'm not saying that I am an exemplar for success, but I haven't set a single timeline for anything in my entire life with the exception of like, I am going to graduate from undergrad in four years. I don't care if I if, like after changing my major, I don't care if that means I have to take 18 hour semesters or full course load. Like I am graduating in four years, but really like, that was when I said that I, f I was fully aware of what that meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't say I'm going to graduate in four years, but I don't want to take more than 12 hours. That's, that's insane. It would never work. Like I, for athletics, I never had the goal of, I want to go to the games by this year. I never had the goal of, I want to go to regionals and place this by this year. I had, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And then I said, if I come top 10 at regionals, maybe I'll do some things differently the year after, but let's just see what happens. I'm going to do my best, see what happens. And that's the same thing with, with running. And I know like I set out, I, I do have a goal of a sub 90 half marathon. I do want to run that time. And I know that I have the ability to run that time, but I lack right now the capability because of injuries. Now, what if I had said, I have a race, I have a race next month. I you actually do. You did sign up for one. San Diego. I am registered for that race. And that was going to kind of be my first crack at it. So if I had said, I'm going to run a sub 90 half marathon by June in San Diego for this race that I have on my calendar. And like, that was, that was the end all be all. I don't want to hear any alternate plans. This is the plan. Like, how would I be feeling right now? Probably be feeling pretty low because I'm, I'm literally doing run walk because of my foot injury. Yeah, it's tough. It it does require, I think, there, to use the, your favorite word, there's a lot of nuance in the language when setting your goals. Like I said, it's there's a difference between want, like I would, I, would, I want to be able to do this or I would like to be able to do this. Like you said, I my goal is to set, like it's good to have goals for sure. And in some instances like yours, you have to set a timeline-ish an event. I would like to be able to do it at this event. But in the back of your mind, there's a difference between that and and in the back of your mind saying like I'm setting this goal because like that's going to help me structure my training. Mhm. Mm exactly. Like there that's why I think goals can be really valuable, but again, it's like you almost need to temp temper your timeline expectations. Don't temper your disappointment when you don't meet the timeline. Yeah. Well, this whole, like the idea for the post today came from, um, 
a tweet that I read by Steve Magnus, who is an oh, author. Well, I mean, I just told them where it came from, but it was a group effort. You did? Yeah. Where did it come from? From my client. Well, no, but then, but I'm the, I came up with the idea today. So you had like, we've both talked about oh, this yeah, because I also had a client yeah, yeah. this week. It was a group effort. Yeah, it was. But the, the kind of the idea behind the one, like the actual post oh, I today in, was, I was, it was like more effort on my part. Yeah, but. it was like mostly Alex. And then I was just doing confirming research. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like 70, 30, I think. Yeah. 75, 25, somewhere nice. around there. Yeah. Um, but you can, I mean, if you want to say 40%, I could. I'll just take, do I'll that. take 40%. You did type it out. You did post it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did have the first comment. You you were like, first comment, first like, let's go. Um, okay, so the, the tweet that I read this morning, I follow, I mean, I follow a few people, um, was by Steve Magnus, who's an author and um, co-founder of the growth equation EQ.com, which is... A, um, it's an amazing newsletter, an amazing blog. And I find like, I just, I really, I align with, with him and his, his co-founder, Brad Stolberg kind of in belief systems. And they're big into, um, performance coaching, like executives, entrepreneurs, that type. Um, but also athletes. So Steve, Steve is a, a endurance runner and for a long time worked with runners. So he's kind of he has his leg, one leg on the athletic side of the fence and then one leg on the professional executive side of the fence. But I really like him and I, I follow him on Twitter. And today he had a tweet up that he's, he's put up before because I've seen it and it says, how to reach your goals. Three steps. One, set a goal. Two, figure out the steps to achieving that goal that are within your control. And I think that's really port- important. Mm-hmm. Within your control. Three, for, forget about the goal and focus on nailing the steps instead. One step at a time is how you make progress. And that's a universal concept. That applies to athletic progress. That applies to weight loss. That applies to professional advancement. That applies to school. And what he, did, what he didn't mention is, is the timeline, but he's also written about this before. So I know that we are in alignment on how timelines fit into goal setting. Um, But I think people get so stuck on step one, which is setting the goal that they forget to even figure out what the steps to achieving that goal are. And I'll give you an example. Um, I can usually talk people out of this that when they, when they set a goal, like when they have a hard goal and a hard timeline, like part of my job as a coach is to talk people away from that way of doing things because I know that it doesn't work. Like, especially for, for beginner, especially for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like major weight loss. Um, what's major weight loss? Um, like a a person who could you, who could lose one third of their body weight. And that's, that's kind of like 30% reduction of weight. So like 50 to 100 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and, I don't want to get into the weight loss kind of weeds here. But when someone reaches out to lose weight because they're like over 300 pounds and they're getting bad health reports from their dog, they know that it is in their best interest, like health wise to do that. And that's why they're reaching out. But what, what it tells me if someone is, when someone's over 300 pounds is that they, they don't have control over their nutrition. 
And that could be as a result of many things. It could be a result of they just don't, they aren't educated on nutrition. They don't, they don't know what's in the food that they eat. Maybe they have emotional eating issues. Maybe there's some trauma that I don't know about. Um, in this case, I'm not sure that any of those apply. I think it's more of a kind of getting complacent and lazy and, and that, and it's a, a dude. So, um, I don't know if that matters, but <laughs> men, you're just a feminist. So yeah, you have to say it once, say, once an episode, it's a, it's a man, <laughs> um, poor men out there. They don't listen though. They, okay. You're, that's a blanket statement. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say, I, that. I know of one man who once listened. Yes. <laughs> I can think of one male client that I have who's amazing. no, I'm just kidding. Men aren't the worst, but some of them are. Yeah. Reggie is actually my favorite client. So, and I know he listens, so he'll like to hear that. Um, and he's not a typical man client. It's, we do, we do. And we say this because it is not hard to notice some patterns in in our work, in our work. Yeah. And the way that information is received. We do notice there is a difference between, there tends to be a difference between men and women if you are looking at the grand scheme of them all. Yep. Not mostly communication. One, in, one at a time. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'll get back on, uh, b- back on track with this story. So the, um, like I said, I'm usually able to talk people out of kind of the goal timeline. Mm-hmm. And the goal in this case was I want to lose 30 pounds in three months, which like to be fair for someone who's over 300 pounds, not completely out of the realm of possibility. And even somebody who's like never dieted before. Yeah, like no diet history, just a free feeder, like no re- no history of restriction of any kind. Um, not, not not possible, but when you look at the pattern of behavior, like the fact that there is no diet history, there's been no concern for nutrition, like <clears throat> it's going to take some work to just get the behaviors where they need to be. And so I, you know, I said as much when we began this process and kind of said, I mean, I, I literally think my first words were like, I don't really do timelines. Um, I'm, I'm on board with your, your goals for like reasonable weight loss. And I think I can help you with that. But like, I don't do timelines and I, I can assure you that you will do better in this process if you can like detach yourself from that timeline. And, um, He refused to let the timeline go and the goal, but here's how it, here's how it's played out. Um, like, you know, macros, calories, kind of nutritional guidelines. Here you go. Take them. Like, let's get going. And the actual execution is problematic. Like, like building the actual behaviors. And I'm, I'm like, I hammer this home every time we talk. It's like, well, like, let's focus on the behaviors and the habits and like, you know, getting up early and getting in some activity and having a big meal like for your first one during the day. And it's been pushed back on every single thing along with poor execution, uh, inaccurate logging and um, just completely out to lunch on the weekends, just like out of control. And the one thing that has not changed the goal in the timeline. So now you have someone who's getting really, really frustrated with their, their lack of progress because we are approaching the three-month timeline and 
we've only lost 10 pounds, but it's easy for me to look at, like objectively look at this situation and be like, well, we haven't, it, like we have not established the fundamental behaviors and habits and like daily actionable things to get there. So like, where's this expectation? But when someone like when they commit to something like this and they don't put in the groundwork to actually figure out what the steps are in their minds, they've committed to this thing and it didn't work. And it didn't work because of, of extremely inconsistent effort. But when people think back to their efforts, he doesn't think about like, you know, going to the flames games. He doesn't think about the weekends in Vancouver. He thinks about the days where he prepped his food and ate salads and went for a walk. And so in his mind, we've created this situation where we're working really hard towards this goal and not really much is happening. When I think had we like, had he just been willing to let go of the timeline and the goal and say, you know what, I'm fully committed to understanding the process to making the process, the goal and to doing like setting up, like, like setting myself up for success by building habits who knows probably be a hell of a lot like closer to his goal than he is now. But the one thing that he has refused to loosen his grip on is the timeline and the goal. Yeah. I mean, okay. The one thing that jumps out at me, and this is one of the fundamental problems with the timeline is exactly what you just said, which is, and he's only lost 10 pounds. I knew you were going to like that. And he's, and that's how he sees it. And that's how you see it. The way I see it, if you didn't, if you didn't have a timeline, and this is it, nothing against your coaching, like I know you're on my side here, is if there were no timeline, then it would be, you've lost ten pounds, and you're not even doing it. You're only doing some, something sometimes, and you are still making progress. To be fair, let's I keep, have made that exact point. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's lose another ten pounds. Let's dial it in even more, and maybe we can lose twelve pounds in the next. Like. You, d- you don't know where the ceiling is. My next question, or my next point, I should say, is with the timeline, when he loses 30 pounds, what happens? Even if he were to lose 30 pounds in three months, what happens in the fourth month? Vacation. Exactly. And then he's back where he started, which is a fundamental issue with weight loss. Goals. It's setting a, a goal weight loss. Like, there's no talk ever of like, well, what happens after the goal? People, people... It's just, it's, it's this obsession with this number getting in or a a size of a dress or whatever it is. And then they achieve it. And then it's like, they haven't established habits. They're just, they're so focused on the outcome that they don't know what the process even was. They're, um, they don't know, like, and we've talked about this in previous episodes. They have not established what their why is. Why do you want to lose weight? I don't think people even know why half the time. Oh, are we going to do core values talk? I don't want to get into the whole oh. core values, but I think it, it is pertinent to this argument. Okay. If you talk about, if you establish why you want to lose weight, why do you want to run a marathon? Another, like the, the, the running fitness thing, or even like the weight loss thing, it's like these 30 day challenges. Oh, it's a kickstart. We're not cars. <laughs> you can't, ju- you can't, can't jumpstart. No, <laughs> we're not cars. You can't jumpstart a car which I don't even know what that means. I just know it doesn't apply to humans. Yeah. It's like, I know more people who run half marathons and then never run again than people who run half marathons and are like, I'm in love with running. 
because it's so difficult for them to to complete the half marathon. It's so hard. It impacts their life so much because they've never run before and they've decided to run a half marathon or a marathon or a triathlon. Yeah, and the the key to sticking with an, like a running program or actually let's be more general, the key to, to sticking to any exercise program or like nutrition program for that matter is it should feel easy. It should not feel like a great deviation or something that's like super hard all the time. And endurance runners get this. Like it's where the 80, 20 rule came from. Like m- the majority of the time when you're out running is easy. And I'm talking like you should be able to have a, con- a, a full ass conversation with the person who's running next to you without having to be like, Hey Alex, how was your weekend? <laughs> like not that kind of conversation. Like, Hey Alex, how was your weekend? It was good. Thank you. Oh, how was great. yours? Yeah. Well, Ivy's a little sick, but yeah, you know, like that, um, that, that is, that is how you build the base for, for running or any exercise and how you make sure that when you do, when you do finally run a half marathon that you look forward to running to the next one and you're not like, well, that was horrible. I'm just going to check that, that off the list. Yeah. But that's how people like, that's how people go through life. Like what the hell is this 75 hard thing? What do you do on day 76? Um, okay. I have two stories and it kind of aligns with like setting hard goals and setting timelines. So I had this girl, this friend of mine who I, I met through CrossFit when I first started and she ended up, she was on a team with me. She's a mom. Um, just like a really great person, very fit, obviously. She was like competing in CrossFit. She had competed in Olympic weightlifting for a while. And she was in Maui and she was doing a workout on the beach. Like she was there with her family and she went off and did like a 20 minute beach workout. And I guess somebody was like, wow, you're so fit looking. Like you're so strong. Like what are you training for? And she was like, life. Yeah. Like there was no specific goal. She was just doing it for the goal of being fit like that is a legitimate goal is just to stay fit stay healthy to be able to do something in the in the whim at a whim another um story instance talking about timelines is i had a call with a inquiry she wanted to know more about the program and how it was going to work with her life and she said i've i've done macros before and they didn't work and i was like tell me more like what didn't work? She's like, well, there was no change. And I probably did. I was, I had was on them for, for two months. And I was like, well, it takes for a lot of people. It takes long. Like what does work even mean? Yeah. Um, it, any, any sort of physiological change takes longer than two months. I mean, in an ideal world, you could lose maybe, t- yeah, like 10 pounds. That's a pretty big change. But for most people that, means it didn't work or it didn't go fast enough and then we started talking about like changing for nutrition and changing like training and building muscle and all these things and like what the program what's the timeline on all this <laughs> was it t- like what's the timeline when should I expect results how long should I commit to this for indefinitely and I my answer I was kind of like dumbstruck and I was like uh like I like life like the your life you said that <laughs> That's amazing. And she did. She was like, you know, you're right. You're right. Like she didn't end up s- signing up and she still is a little bit like we're still working on the getting away from setting these timelines and just kind of like keep going, yeah, like establish this new lifestyle, um, doing the things that are eventually going to get you there and stop worrying about it. Um, but she was like, you know, you're right. 
that makes a lot of sense. I did it kind of explain that yeah. this, this isn't about a start and a stop. This is about like small, it's like just, I wouldn't even say starting because starting is like a change. It's like begin, like the beginning of the rest. I don't want there to be like a break in the timeline even for starting. I know. It's like a rolling start. It's you just speed like, up a little. You like, it's like instead of. You make a turn and you speed up a little. Instead of jumping into the pool, you go into the end where you just kind of wade in. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a I beach I love entry. that metaphor. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's not like there shouldn't be this, this change. Like you just go faster. You, and, and then all of a sudden you're speeding down the highway in a couple of years. Yeah. And like, honestly. In this, a Ferrari with like the best gas you can buy premium <laughs> premium <laughs> the is, most expensive gas i should what say what do you I, what do you think's the highest octane you can buy i have no idea all i know is the prices go higher they do and the audi is the most expensive one which is why i drive the truck yeah which i know you're gonna say something about how the it, the truck is a gas guzzler but i just oh it ends up being completely negligible okay um, um i have two more points Okay. Well, maybe. Well, no. Maybe I'm. I'm guessing one. I'm, I'm guessing my point will fit into your point. Probably. So you can go ahead. Okay. Have we talked about procrastination? Uh, I touched on it, but we didn't talk about it. Okay. So here's another point against timelines, because I'm all about making points and arguments. And it's nice that there's no one here to debate me. Do you want me to do that? Um. I mean, you could try, but good luck. <laughs> Right. Okay. So my 10th argument against timelines is the concept of procrastination. We've all done it. It doesn't just happen with school papers or laundry or laundry or cleaning the house or doing the dishes. It happens with fitness. It happens with lifestyle. It's like, I'll start Monday. That's procrastinating. Mm -hmm. You can set a goal to lose 10, 30 pounds in three months. Let's take that. And you can say, I've got three months to do it. That's 90 days. What's one day? What's one weekend? I still will have seven more weeks after this or 11 more weeks. I still have five more weeks. So that's, I mean, I can lose five pounds a week. I mean, somebody doesn't know. Okay, well, maybe I'll, you know, I'll like, it's just, it's like I, that happens with weight loss. Well, yeah. So this, I'm going to interrupt you there. The same guy that refuses to relinquish the timeline or the goal like the flames are in the playoffs so lots of hockey games and beer and burgers and you know the goal for this week was to offset that double down yeah that's another thing is like i'll just like it's exactly the same with the school paper and an exam like all of a sudden it's the weekend before it's due it's due on monday and you can't go out with your friends and you're missing an event because you have to stay home and cram your ass off and lose sleep. And honestly, you come out of that exam or that paper and you didn't learn a damn thing. Cramming actually is not a good for your memory. And you got a B minus. Yeah. If you're lucky. Like that, there's a hard timeline. And like, does it change your behavior? Does it motivate the person to like start studying earlier? No. I mean, it does for me. I just wasn't that person. But I procrastinate in other areas of my life. Yeah. Um, I think the same goes for fitness. I mean, I know people who who ha who sign up for a marathon having absolutely no idea what you have to do to run a marathon without your body imploding and it, it'll come down to the last two weeks and they're like well shoot yeah 
And, and, you know, somebody made a point on our thing, like, oh, well, you can just adjust the timeline. But, but why, why would you set something up and say, I'll just adjust it if I have to? Well, I think there's, I'll just do the next event. There's legitimate reasons to do that, such as injury, but Mm -hmm. not, not sticking to your commitment is not a good reason to do that. And not sticking to your commitment kind of highlights that like maybe it was the wrong commitment to make. Maybe it was the wrong time to make that commitment. Maybe it's just too hard for where you are are in your life or like maybe you don't have the right people supporting you. Yeah. I think we've talked about this. I don't think on the podcast, but on Instagram, the difference between I tr- I'll try and I will and like setting yourself up for, for something where you're not hundred percent sure you're not really committed to it. It's I'll try. And I think there's like knowing that you can postpone it or you can change the goal, you can easily say, I'll try. It's an out. Why not set yourself up or something? I will. I can say I will run the LA marathon as long as I don't get injured, like those things out of my control. Yep. I will run the LA marathon. I will not say I will run the marathon in sub three because I don't know if I can. I will run the LA marathon. I will train four or five days a week. I will hit as many training runs as I can. Yep. Like I will make sure that my coach knows what my schedule is so that I am setting myself up for success on a weekly basis. Like when I set a goal for the week, I am nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 sure that I can hit that goal. Yep. And that's how like when, when, and that's the reason why a lot of times when we ask people to set goals for the week, the next question is, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can hit this goal? And when someone says, which is frequent, six, I say, let's set a different goal because six is not good enough. I had some lady say, I think I can do it. I'll say five out of 10 on my goal. I think I can do it half, half the time this week. And I said, well, why don't we set the goal to do it four out of seven days and so that you're 10 out of 10 confident that you can do it? And it was like, then you come out of that being like, hey, I did it. And you go into it with way more confidence. So the chance of actually doing it are higher. If you feel like the chances are low to begin with, why even try? Yep. I mean, that's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I keep saying it's like, but when I have a training, training run and I have a goal and it's, you know, run a 345 kilometer, three minutes, 45 seconds. And I'm like, dang, that's tough. But I've done four. I think I can do 345. I'll start at 345 and I'll hang on for as long as possible. My coach did it. He knows what my expectations are. My coach told me, I'll, I, I think I can do it. And that's like, you kind of get that extra bo- boost of motivation. Yeah. It's within the realm of possibilities. You're confident you can do it if you put in the effort. If my coach said, I want you to run a sub three kilometer. And I say, what happens is most likely is I will probably, if I can't run a sub three, I will end up walking. Yeah. Whereas if I do a sub 345, even if I don't hit that, I'll run like a 346. It's like, I think, do you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, because then it's like, like when the goal you- is too lofty, you, you don't even, tr- it's like, you don't even try to come close. You're just like, oh, fuck it. I can't do it. And that's like, and again, then you walk. Do you remember what I said at the beginning of the podcast? How goals like, setting a goal that is too lofty or too complicated gives you an out and mm-hmm. a very early out at that. Yeah. So you know, you're going to miss it. So you stop. Whereas like you could have run a sub three forty five, no problem. And that's still a really good, like 
that's a really good pace. Like I, I think a lot of people would end up just like being like, you know, they, they're a quarter of a kilometer in. they're like, well, I can't do this. And they get frustrated and they quit and they walk home instead of it being like a more reasonable goal. And even if they don't get it, it's like, I was close. I think I can do it next time. Yeah. So I've, I was just, I was trying to find this, this, uh, this quote and it's by, um, it's by Adam Galinsky, who's a professor at Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management and writes for the Harvard Business Review. And he wrote a book called Goals Gone Wild. And I was trying to find this because I, I have it on my list. I like the sound of that book. Yeah. So he argues that goal setting has been treated like an over-the-counter medication when it, it should really be treated with more care, like a prescription strength medication. He argues that goal setting can focus attention too much or on the wrong things and can lead people to participate in extreme behaviors to achieve the goals or worse, get them in a pattern of failing to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Which and brings me to my final point. It brings me to my oh, point. Are we, this, it's probably the same point. Are you going to talk about the cycle of negative progress? Yes. Yeah, I'll intro that for you. Okay, do it. So, um, Take it away, girl. Okay. <laughs> So like we said at the beginning, like goal setting and timelines and striving are a little bit dependent. And like Adam Galinsky said, it, they should be treated with care because for some people setting a lofty goal or a stretch goal is um, like something that there's the high potential that it doesn't work out, but it pushes the person in the right way so that maybe their eyes are open to what they can achieve. Like that's fine, but it takes the right I think person. there's a theory. Is there a theory? Yeah. Do you want to speak about the theory? I don't know. I know um, it, it has to do with like I've, I've seen it. I've, I've heard it talked about in the realm of like fitness programming. Yeah. Where it's like if the person feels like they can, kind of like the running thing I just said, if the person feels like they can achieve it, but it does push, requires them to push a little bit out of their comfort zone. It's motivating. Yeah, it is. But it's not so lofty that it's demotivating. But that, like, just think about how carefully you would have to set that goal yeah. for the person. Yeah. It's a lot different than setting a goal to run a marathon, just period, or run a marathon at, at a certain pace mm-hmm. for someone who has never run a marathon before. That's not a good goal. Yeah. Um, unless you set, like, unless you set a really low bar, which, again, like, then are you leaving achievement on the table? Probably. And so, again, that's the risk of timelines and goals. But, um, the, the value in very small, very attainable goals, daily process-oriented goals, is that people have a ha- much higher likelihood of committing to the doing of something and then actually seeing that commitment through. And seeing that commitment through, even if it's a really small goal, and I am talking like, bro, I want you to go for a 30-minute walk once a month. That. For someone who doesn't, isn't in the habit of moving their body at all, like that is how low the bar needs to be set at first. Um, you know, a, a really easy daily goal, maybe like I'm like stand up at your desk for 30 seconds every hour and stretch. I don't know. That's a, seems like a pretty easy daily goal. So anyways, then you get into the habit of actually committing to something and seeing it through because it's so easy to do. And so then, then success following through with your commitments becomes a habit. The Just risk like James when, Clear says. Yeah. Does he? Mm-hmm. It does sound like something. And he, he talks about not even for some people, sorry to interrupt here, but just going to the gym, not even going into the gym and doing a workout. He will tell people just go to the gym. 
stay there for two minutes and then go home. That's yeah. how, where he starts. Some He recommends some people start in building the habit of going to the gym. Yeah. But like for, for some people, they, they can't, they're like, no, that's not enough. I'm like, well, what are you doing right now? Mm, nothing. That's so, why some people, they do like seven days straight and then they're so sore or they're so exhausted or it impacts their life so much and it pisses off their husband and their kids wonder where your mom, their mom went and then they never go to the gym ever again. That a legit as, happens. A tale as old as time. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can see when people set goals or timelines, since we're on the timeline things that are, that are too aggressive or too lofty, they run the risk of getting into a pattern of not seeing those commitments through because they're just too difficult. So again, goal and person dependent here, but the risk of setting a goal and a timeline needs to be weighed against the potential benefit of doing so. I think for people that, yeah, I mean, especially for people who are not in the habit of seeing their commitments through, um, I like personally think starting out the risk of setting lofty goals and timelines way, way, way worse, like, like way more significant than the potential benefit. And that is how you get into a cycle of negative progress. Yep. By doing that to by, by committing and then not following through it's, it's the, the act of commitment without follow through the act of commitment without success. Yep. I mean, we run into this a lot in the weight loss realm. And I'm not even talking extreme weight loss. I'm talking like 20, 30 pounds. And it's like, it's people, and I, I don't want to stereotype here, but it's um, many, uh, many times it's, it's women who come and they've tried every diet on the sun and still can't lose weight or they've lost weight and gained it back. And they've, that's happened so many times that this is like, they will say, this is my last ditch effort because it is, they've failed so many times that they just, they don't even believe in themselves anymore. Yeah. And it's like, they question everything along the way. I only lost one pound this week. I'm like, that's ridiculously great. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I'm so like, this is amazing. No, seriously. I'm like, that is totally good progress. I don't, what's the problem here? And they're like, well, it's only one pound. I'm like, that's, but in, it's like, they've, they part of it I think the failure is like they haven't actually failed like they've achieved success they don't even know that it's success because they've set timelines they've set unrealistic goals and that's not their fault we've talked about this before this is like the society that we live in it's in gratification it's what we see on magazines it's what we see on tv it's what our friends tell us you don't see your friend walking around saying like oh, I lost five pounds in three months but you do hear your friend yelling from the rooftop who did keto and lost 30 pounds in 30 days, but you never hear from that friend ever again. Cause they're dead. <laughs> that too, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, but they're probably too embarrassed to talk about it ever again. Cause it's like, now what do they have to do? Yeah. They have to walk in and they've gained that 30 pounds back. Like it's, I'm not, that's just an example. And I think we all have that one friend who's, you know, done something extreme, lost the weight and, but I think you just, you lose, you lose uh, faith in yourself to be able to accomplish something. And I think what we do, and I'll, I'll, you know, shamelessly plug our program, but it, there's a lot of like reassurance and kind of um, reprogramming of somebody's brain into saying like, Hey, one pound is good. 
let's like keep going. You got to celebrate the shit out of that one pound. It's like you only lost 10 pounds. No, it's you lost 10 pounds. Yeah. Great job. And like we haven't even scratched the surface. So like, like buckle up, mister. You're still eating and drinking <laughs> your ass off. Yeah. Sir. But I'll say like, hey, like, you know, you lost 10 pounds and like you're still living the lifestyle that you want to live. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe 10 pounds. Maybe this is the p- pace we need to go at for it to fit into your lifestyle. It's just, yeah, that ne- the the negative progress is, I think, I th- the first, I, I, read, I saw it somewhere on Instagram and I was like, this is, I'd never heard of it before, but it, it explains so much. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And just the, the cycle that people get stuck in. Yeah. Which is really sad. I like, I, one of your friends, he's a, a nutrition coach, a great athlete. She was struggling with running. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I, every time I try to go out, I run 5k and my calves and my feet cramp up, my knees start hurting. And for her, which she didn't even know, cause she's this athletic person in great shape, values her health. Didn't even know like 5k is too much for, for you when you don't run. Like you need to start with like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off for five minutes. And that's and then exactly, go from there. that was her first run. Yeah. And like, and now look, she's running 5k, yep. but it took time. And sometimes, and I'm, I think I will say that we don't want to sit here and say, don't set goals. Don't set timelines. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's certainly not what we are saying. And there can be value in somebody who knows what they're doing um, or who has experience with other people to help. But I think whatever goal you set, ask yourself the question, like, how confident am I that I can achieve this goal? And is it absolutely necessary for me to put a timeline on it? Yeah. And if, if it's not, then take the timeline away. And just focus on the steps that you need to take every single day to achieve that goal. Yeah. And then you might actually achieve it like sooner mm-hmm. or maybe you'll, you know, you will have achieved more yep. by the and time your timeline rolls anytime around. Anytime you set a bigger goal, like running a marathon or doing a triathlon, immediately go back to like, all right, what do I need to be doing starting today to achieve that goal in the future? And then forget about that goal and focus on the daily goal. Yep. Um, have you, you've never set a timeline goal when you like CrossFit games, you were, you never had. No, no, I had, I was, I had hopes. I, I had like, I had the desire, especially in like, years where I felt very capable. Um, but I never had the, the, I, I don't even know. No, I'm not. I, I did have a goal to go to the CrossFit games, but I never attached a timeline to that goal. It was just something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, I mean, I, I had a number of successful training years and it wasn't until 2018 I think, you know, partially it's the Alex effect when I moved here and it just, it became, I became very, very focused on the daily stuff and, um, getting my training in every day and focusing on nutrition and sleeping and just getting like getting very, very obsessed with my routine and the, the things that I had on my list every day. And I actually took my eyes off of the CrossFit games. And that's the year that I went. Yeah. 
I think I'm hearing this a lot from CrossFit athletes, partially because we work with a couple, um, but also I just, I'm very aware of what people are putting out on Instagram. And it's easy to get caught up and say like, oh, you know, Tia, her goal is to win and she does it. So like, what's wrong with that? And same with Matt Fraser and same with, you know, Pat Vellner or Ricky Gerard wants to get on the podium and, you know, so-and-so bubble athlete wants to make it to the CrossFit games. And that's what they put out there. Like, I want to win. My, my sights are set on the top. And I think, I think that sends a bit of the wrong message because what I know about a lot of these athletes is they have mindset. A lot of them have mindset coaches and a lot of them have over the past few years have shifted away from I my goal is to qualify for the CrossFit Games in 2018 in 2019 and or my it's it's my goal is to go into this event and perform to my potential in each and every workout like stop I think a, a lot of especially bubble athletes they they say I, w- I would like to make it to the CrossFit Games mm-hmm. but my goal is is what is in my control yeah it's 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 paying attention to my training, my recovery, all of the things that are within my control, my sleep. I'm hiring coaches. And then and then going into the weekend with like my goal is to do the best that I possibly can in each event and execute as I trained, yeah. as I practiced. Um one there was one athlete that we worked with briefly and she said um she worked with a mindset coach and she said, and this mindset coach had actually qualified for the CrossFit games and was telling her his experience. And she was shocked by this. And this is somebody who's failed to, to make it to the CrossFit games for multiple years in a row. And her, this mindset coach told her, I made it to the CrossFit games as soon as I stopped trying to make it to the CrossFit games, which was also my experience. Yeah. I never even thought the CrossFit, I went into regional. I didn't even think I stood a chance, Yeah, but I went in, in, in into each and every workout. And I think that almost increases your chances because if you go in with, um, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm drawing parallels with like golf and everything. If you go in and you have a bad workout and you're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it, but you don't know what everyone else is doing. You don't know who's going to shit the bed on the next workout and you could, you know, come third. Yep. You don't know who might get injured. Like, you know, I'm not wishing poor on anyone, but you just don't know what you need to do is leave that workout alone and go to the next one. Same with golf. You could get a triple bogey and be like, well, I'm three strokes down now, but you could birdie the next three holes and be back at even. You don't know. Yeah. But if you let that one golf hole impact your mindset going into the next three holes, yeah, you are done. Yeah. But that's outcome thinking. It is. And not, not like effort. I'll talk about, um, just really quick. So I work with Paige Semenza who is a two times games athlete three. Yeah, she went in 2019 for sure. Cause we were demo team that year. She went my year. So 2018, 2019. Did she go last year? Did she go last year? I don't know. I can't remember. I think she did. Anywho. Um, so, or no, she didn't. She was in the, she didn't go last year, but I've been working with her for a number of months and we, she started this, um, this, this journal. So just like a couple of things about her. She, she really looks like she's really good at putting blinders on just like generally. And partly like partially that's just her, I think her, um, 
athletic background coming into play. She was a, a college hockey player. Um, she was a pretty high level power lifter. She, we did a podcast with her. You can go listen to it, <clears throat> but she's really good at putting blinders on even on like a daily basis and she'll have moments, but for the most part, it's what can I, you know, what can I do each day? And she has this, um, it's called like a, a one journal or something. And it's an electronic journal and, um, she ups, updates it every day and I get to read it. And I don't know if this is intentional. Like if it's just a, a rule that she set out, um, it's something, it's never something that like we, I didn't talk about this, but she doesn't talk about the CrossFit games in the journal. She doesn't talk about that goal. She doesn't really even talk about, you know, open goals or quarterfinal goals or semifinal. Her life is revolves. You could easily say her life revolves around getting to the CrossFit games. Yeah. She's pretty much a full-time athlete. Mm -hmm. And the journal entry is about the day and that is it. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in that because the only thing that is what is within her purview every single day is what is right in front of her the day what happened yesterday doesn't matter. What's going to happen tomorrow is completely out of your control. You have today. And I really appreciate when someone can go through like someone who, who is very talented and has a, a very good shot at, at doing well in semifinals this weekend and qualifying the game at, for the games. I can appreciate when someone like that can walk through life being so like process oriented because it reaffirms that that attitude is what gets you to the top. People who, who hyper-focus on, on the goal and the achievement and getting to the CrossFit Games, probably less likely to get there. I do think that having these big goals, like I, I think about myself training for Boston in the winter, and there were moments where I thought, I don't want to go out there. And... I had already, I had a goal for the day. It was, it's in my programming. I'm, so let's say it's running 10K. Don't want to go out there. And in the back of my mind, I can say, Alex, you're running Boston in April. You better get your ass out the door. You can use that for motivation. Mm-hmm. And there, there is value in those bigger goals. But that's not, it's not, Alex, you need to run a 315 in Boston. Like, Why? It doesn't, I don't think it actually, it, for me at least, it doesn't Im- impact my training that day to have a specific time goal. Maybe it does, maybe, but for me, it's more like I want to run Boston and I want to run it as fast as I can run it, which requires me to train. Yeah. So I better get my ass out the door. And then imagine had you... I don't want to just run Boston. No. Like, like I said, it's like you have the goal, you have the time, which the time was solid for me because it was April 18th. The result was fluid and that was within my control. And the result ended up being better than your like initial kind of time goal. Yeah, I never even set a time goal. It was I was going to do the best that I could do. Yeah. I knew approximately where I could, how fast I could run it, but I was, my goal was never sub three, sub 310. I never oh, I had a time goal. I was like, I think I can do this. Be nice. Because I think that's my potential. But it was like, if I came in at 311, I wouldn't have been disappointed. No, I don't think that, yeah, yeah, I don't think you could be, but what I mean is like your initial training paces were, were a 315 marathon. Now, how'd you, had you said, well, I ran 322 in Chicago, I'm going to run 
315 in Boston. That is my goal. And you stuck to those training paces and you never ran much faster. And you went there and you ran a 315 and you finished and you thought like, I probably could have run a few minutes faster, but 315 was your goal. So you stuck with it rather than I'm going to go out and, and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had a couple training runs where I was like, I'm just going to run as fast as I can for this duration and see how I hold up as yeah. a test. And I did pretty well. So I thought, you know what? I think I, I think I can actually increase my pace for the marathon. Yeah. But that's another story. I do have one story also on goal setting. I was running the San Francisco marathon, which everyone knows about because I've talked about it many times. And it was my first marathon. And my dad, again, I've said this, but he was a 230 marathoner and he had run many marathons before. So he was around 60 years old um, when he ran it with me and he was, we did all our training together and I went into the marathon not knowing much. I just knew sub four hours was considered good, good in <laughs> quotes. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so when we trained, I used, they didn't have garments back then, or at least I didn't have one. I had like a Timex and we'd map the run to see the distance. And I, so I don't know my pace exactly. It was like average. I bet they did have garments, but they're like $800. Probably. Like, Aren't they still 800? No, I was just going to correct myself there and say they were probably $2,000. Yeah, probably. Well, anyways, I didn't have one. So um, the night before the marathon, I I was like, okay, well, I need to figure out my pacing here because they're going to have points where you can see where you're at in the course and you'll be able to pace yourself. Um, and I said, I want to run sub four. And my parents were like, what? No, you can run way faster than that. But I had set the goal at a sub four hour marathon. And sure enough, basically we had decided like, we're just going to run it as fast as we can. And I ended up running in 326. So it's like, I think timelines and hard goals can also put a ceiling on what you're capable of as well. Yeah. That's like, that's one of my major beefs with them. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I think people sell themselves short too often. There's a, there's a definitely a scale of people who are a little bit unrealistic about what they're capable of in that moment. And again, not in down the line, but in a certain moment on a timeline. And then there are people who sell themselves way too short. Yeah. Spectrum. He hurt. You've seen those people in CrossFit class. It's like, dude, are you even sweating? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's people are very interesting, but I think the big takeaway here, and I hope I hit home with this because I, I did give a lot of thought to this today and I've, I was very, it was very hard to convince me that there were, that timelines were appropriate. And so I wanted, I felt this is, this was a bit of an impromptu podcast, but I felt the need to get on here and, and talk about this with you. Well, you knocked it out of the park. So then it's also one of my favorite topics, just like goal setting in general. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, uh, I, I, I feel very compelled to read this book now because I think it's going to, reaffirm a lot of my beliefs and that there's not enough care and consideration put into goals um, for people and that they really should be treated with a much more like careful approach more like a prescription drug and just with complete and total respect for where the person is at both mentally physically and what they can handle what they're interested in handling yeah and what they're like what their why is mm-hmm. I think that's um that's kind of the the big miss out there in the coaching space. So um, hopefully this was a helpful conversation to hear. And even if you um, disagree and, and think that timelines are, are a good part of goal setting, I hope there was something in here that you can take away with you. So um, anything else 
Miss Parker? No? No, Miss Root. All right. Well, thank you for listening once again, and we will catch you on the next one. Hey, 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 hey.